What is up, everybody? We have a special announcement before today's podcast. So on the previous episodes, uh, we've been talking about something that we are building to allow people to give the gift of audio. And we are ready to unveil it now. It's called Folklory. And before we talk about what exactly it is, um, the reason why we came up with this is we've been doing podcasts for a long time and we've done a whole bunch of interviews. And every interview has allowed us to get to know someone much better than you ever thought possible. And a lot of our listeners have told us that our podcast is like a time capsule. It really captures the mood, the spirit, the zeitgeist of that particular time when the podcast was being recorded. So one day it occurred to us, oh shit, can we combine these two things? So I just did a trial where I recorded a 30-minute conversation with my own mother. It was a sweet conversation, it was an honest conversation and after we put it together, I will say that it is one of the most memorable things I've ever created with my mom and I will treasure it for life. And then we were thinking, can this be something we offer to others as well? So with that, we created Folklory. You can go to Folklory that's F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y. And what we're doing is allowing anyone to create a personalized podcast for someone they love. We will help you create it. You can visit the website to find out exactly uh, what we are offering. You can hear an excerpt from the conversation with my mother. And you can sign up to be on our waitlist because we are currently testing it. We've got some awesome beta testers who are helping us refine the product. But we will officially launch it in the coming weeks. So check out the website. And until then, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Today is a special fucking episode because we have a guest. It's mm. been so long since we've had a guest, right? And he's from the happiest place in the world. Can you? Is imagine? it? Yeah. One of la. Is it the happiest? It is the happiest place. It in is the world. number happiest. one. Number one. Many oh, consecutive years. Shit, yeah. Listen to that sexy voice. <laughs> so this week. We're just going to jump straight into it. Uh, this is someone... Okay, his name is Antti Toivonen. I said that correctly? Antti. So he's from Finland, mm. but he's been in Singapore for the past 11 years. Uh, we met him a couple of years ago. He he was part of our writing team for our TV show, She's a Terrorist and I Love Her. Uh, he's been in the creative world. He's done so many fucking things. It's annoying. Mm. Uh, and most recently, literally today, 10th of December, his new film has just come out. Right, so please give it up for Mr. Anti Toivonen. Mm. Welcome to Yalabad, hey. man. Hey, no, hi. But uh, can hi. We, I mean, we need to at least give some context of what that film is, right? So yeah. can, you, can you just tell us what what is this big Correct. event that has happened today? This momentous event in your journey in Singapore. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, thank you for the nice <laughs> intro as well. Like I, I was kind of expecting like you have some Something sort of like more. a machine machine doing applause so give it up for oh and then no, there's no, no, no sound effect <laughs> no man yeah. Like a, yeah no some of our listeners have said oh you, you guys should use sound effects and all but we're like no we keep it fucking real man yeah, you would yeah. hear the same thing on this podcast as you would if you were sitting in the corner of our office right now yeah just like uh, i am practically right now yeah exactly <laughs> right, right. but like, like this is yeah. truer to life uh, where there's exactly. no there's no one to applause there's no one to yeah. laugh especially, at your jokes yeah. especially yeah. In, in covid in the world of covid yeah or in my right. life in general <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you, you today you are very famous for something can you tell us what oh yeah it's uh <laughs> you're speaking to like like a three-year-old like can you can you tell <laughs> can your you, name yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so my uh we launched uh Tiambaru social club Mm. the movie today so it's in cinemas so uh hopefully everyone is at cinemas right now actually watching it instead of uh uh listening to this 
Uh, when, when is oh, this coming text. out? Yeah, this this like, coming uh, out. <laughs> it's coming out on 11th December. <laughs> oh, okay. So then yeah. uh, I hope everyone is in cinemas yeah, watching it on 11th December yeah, then. Exactly. The only person who shits on stuff in this podcast is Terence. Right. Inside joke, inside yeah, joke. Yeah, that's but, right. But, inside but joke. <laughs> to clarify, to clarify, <laughs> yeah. you are the writer and producer. Uh, co-writer of- and co-producer. So we work with the... Uh, it's an idea we came up with uh, BTM, BTM Tan, who's the director, okay. like okay. Uh, quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And we just started uh, randomly, uh, two of us developing the idea. Some other people got pulled in along the way. And in the end, the team was uh, very, very big. Like we are talking about probably like 40 over people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there was a producer, Jake Swang and uh, Wamping Louis, who's... Uh, uh, our cinematographer and okay. James Page and okay. his team who did all the artwork, so that's why the film looks money. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's a it's a, it's a big uh, big collaborative effort. But yeah, I wrote it with BTM and then uh, chimed in a bit with the production side of things. So as well. in the rare event that some of our listeners haven't seen the awesome trailer that got released a few weeks ago, what is the 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 premise of the show? Uh so there's. Uh, there's a guy called Abi mm. who uh, joins this uh, pilot program to create the happiest neighborhood in the world mm. Mm. Uh, as a happiness agent in Tiambaru. So it's kind of like his odyssey through this sort of a kind of like an like a like an interesting system mm. system that uh, that uses uh, data and analytics to uh, optimize happiness mm. for people. Mm. And it sounds like sounds like it, I mean. It is anchored in Tiongbaru, right? In in Tiongbaru. Yeah. So so when you were saying you came up with the idea of this with BTM, what was the inspiration? Uh, it was actually like uh, I think it's uh, it's something like uh, like uh, we we just we started we literally just met with BTM like mm. a week before. Mm. So the the whole like uh, story how that happened was. Uh, I decided that okay, I just want to learn more about Southeast Asian cinema, sure. and I, I I visited the SGIFF mm. at the time, mm. and I you know when I do things, I tend to go a little bit overboard, so I bought twenty one tickets, oh. <laughs> twenty one tickets, and I, I I think I didn't go to even half of those shows, but I I went there enough for people to uh, start going like, oh, that Who, guy again, yeah. who's that guy? <laughs> so on the last day- yeah, wait, 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 But like, you buy these 21 tickets planning to go alone or- Yeah, because yeah, I didn't know anybody. So, <laughs> oh, seriously. So to, clarify, so to clarify, the SGIFF is the Singapore International Film Festival. When you say you bought 21 tickets, it's because it's a multi-day event. So you bought 21 tickets uh, to many events, la, not yeah. just 21 tickets for your posse for one well, event. Yeah. 21 different movies. Yeah, 21 so different I tried movies. To, I tried uh, to yeah, see 21 different movies. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, so on the last day, like uh, the staff from the festival yeah. mm. uh, approached me and said like, hey, there's uh, there's a final screening, a mm. closing film, and then there's an end event. Like, do you want to come? I'm like, yeah, sure. Thanks. And I got tickets for free. Mm. So I went there, but I was coming straight from the gym. So I was wearing sweatpants. I didn't realize it was a black tie event. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, uh, so I went there, just realizing like, oh man, like uh, uh, this is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, but I guess uh, like it was quite easy to strike conversations as well because yeah, yeah, I yeah. looked like an eccentric. So people probably thought I know what I'm doing and why yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Uh, and 
so I ended up talking with another lonely looking guy in the in the corner that turned out to be BTM. Mm. Uh, we kind of just like hit it on and thought like, okay, let's have coffee next week. And actually only, which is interesting, this now five years later, I only learned two months ago from BTM that he was crashing the party as well. Oh, <laughs> so we were both crashing the party. We met there mm-hmm. and then just had coffee the following week. That, that was a very long intro now to this yeah. uh, like uh, idea of the film. But uh, we started talking about like how in Tiambaru, like property prices had doubled. Mm. And because uh, it started kind of gentrifying and it had been in, uh, I think, Vogue, mm-hmm. uh, one of the three coolest neighborhoods in the world. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Shit. Damn. And uh, yeah, so it just found that whole thing quite interesting and how Tiambaru is like, it's so different to the rest of uh, Singapore. Mm. So uh, uh, it's kind of like this little island of happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, and, and we started thinking like, why does it have such a communal feel to it? It has this weird, like, uh, like almost like modern day kampong feel to mm. it. And then uh, like, uh, uh, well, we had heard this before as well, that Tiambaru is the oldest still standing HDB development in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So it was actually back in the day, it was a very futuristic vision of like uh, what life will be when yeah. urbanization of Singapore was about to start and begin. And, and somehow like uh, the, the plan was to like usher people to that direction. So, uh, but then you look at Tiambaru, it looks like this art deco architecture. And we went, went like, well, clearly, clearly the future didn't end up looking like Tiambaru. Mm-hmm. So we started envisioning like what was the future that those people who drew Tiambaru back in the day like how did they actually envision the future what did what were what were they thinking mm. and uh, but also like uh, how it is quite conducive for this sort of uh, communal spirit and it has a sort of warm nice cozy feeling that I guess later on made it quite almost like this sort of like a like petri dish of uh, cupcake shops and mm. and uh, and and cafes. So yeah, it was like really like the the idea of like uh, what if there was a real estate company that really tried to make it the happiest place in the world and kind of like just really optimize the experience of mm-hmm. Tiambaru because like coming from Finland, mm. which has been ranking on the top of it, uh, the, num- it's been number one. I, I, I thought, think it's like for Bhutan, the third year in a row, it's now so guys, number one. You guys knocked Bhutan off the off the top, is it? Yeah, who? Oh shit! <laughs> Bhutan, <laughs> Bhutan. Oh damn! For the yeah. past three years, you guys are the happiest place on earth. I think so. Yeah. So and mm. Bhutan has this like cross happiness index. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or GDP like uh, GHP. Yeah. Some yeah. some GHI. gross happiness product. Okay. Something uh, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, we were looking at like the, actually there are a lot of ways to measure happiness. Mm. But then again, in Finland, when this news came out for the first time. Like it's of course like big headlines in Finnish newspapers that ah oh, Finland is the happiest country in the world. People go like, say what? Like like we are not, like this is rubbish, you know. Like mm. this is a, this is a miserable place. It's like a, this is a shithole, you know. Like what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and there's been all, a lot of talk around like uh, like how do you actually measure or quantify happiness? happiness? Yeah, mm. I don't know. That, but now I went for a very long ramble here. You better there's a step lot to in. unpack. There's a lot oh, to unpack. Yeah, because mm, so, yeah, I haven't talked to anyone for a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, so okay, so just to give context, it's not say you had never made a film before or something like so. From what I know, since the first time we met you, you were in the creative agency world uh, for like a long time. 
And then you have made some short films back in Finland, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, but right. this is your first film in Singapore? Yeah, I could say so. I mean, I've, I've been working in advertising for most of my adult life. Mm. But uh, so I've, I've been shooting a lot. Yeah. But uh, mm. this sort of more like narrative form stuff I've done, like a similar sort of like YouTube stuff as you guys, but like less successful. In Finland, oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just because, uh, yeah, YouTube wasn't so, that big. So, then. so how many? I mean, now, now you you've been doing the the press tours and like uh, stuff like that. I mean, press tours, no international press tours, unfortunately. But has anyone re- uh, ever asked you straight to your face? Oh, you know, there's a movie about Singapore, a Singapore neighborhood, and you are a a big Caucasian person. Like you, you're you're six foot what your height? Yeah, something like that. Maybe six foot. One. So I guess that's no. why at the Singapore International Film Festival you stood out, lah, right? Because I you think were in so, your, yeah. yeah. So so how has anyone asked you that? Or you know what gives you the right to make a movie about Singapore? Funnily enough, no. Maybe really? like uh, maybe mm. it's because of my size. You mean you mean <laughs> in the whole yeah. in the whole process really? of talking to BTM, I mean, it never came across that oh. Or like an Ang Mo is coming in and then making a movie about the, her- the heritage neighborhood yeah. in Singapore, huh. one of the most beloved, cherished neighborhoods. And like whether there be any backlash or anything against it. Yeah, actually, yeah, never, no? never. Like, uh, I mean, of course, it has crossed my mind many, many times. Okay. Uh, who am yeah. I to do this? But yeah. uh, at the same time, like uh, one of the things why we or the reasons why we wanted to start like uh, on this uh, journey of like this filmmaking adventure mm. uh, with BTM was. Uh, because we felt that it's actually quite interesting that two very different kinds of sensibilities mm. come together. Mm. So uh, coming from uh, the Nordics, having this, I guess, like which has like this tra- tradition of very deadpan comedy, mm. a bit of bleakness and like a minimal expression, and uh, and then uh, someone coming from like you know the tropics mm. and mm. then doing like a just making like a, like a mashup of those two things together. Mm. So I think to us it was also. Uh, like one thing that we wanted to see is like uh, will it be like very different to usual like uh, cinema that we get either from Finland or yeah, from yeah. Uh, Singapore yeah. and yeah now like looking at the end result of course we had no idea how it's gonna like uh, turn up it was like a very organic process where we just kind of like uh, painted painted as we went but then mm. but uh, one, one thing for sure that that is similar between the two of you like that you can tell from watching the film is that you guys really love Tiong Bahru a lot. Lah. But, um, you know, I think the the expatriate experience of Tiong Bahru can also be very different from a local's experience of Tiong Bahru. Uh, so what was the, what is the one thing about Tiong Bahru that you wanted to show in making this film? Lah? And it can just, just be your answer, not, not BTM's answer or the, yeah. or the PC answer. I know? think it is really like the, the idea of this, like a, like a island of happy, Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, like uh, and the sort of communal feel mm. to it. So you do th- you do feel that genuinely in Tiong Bahru? Yeah, and I think like uh, you know I've, I've lived like uh, for over twenty five percent of my life in Singapore. So mm. uh, in mm. that sense, well, I'm not like a, a like a Singaporean, but uh, I think like like a, probably like a more than half of my adult life I've been here. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think there is like, uh, it's quite easy to see this sort of like, uh, like patterns, but I think I will always be like a bit of an outsider. And, and, and I think that also helps when you're mm. like, you know, writing stories and all that, because you see things that uh, 
I guess like others wouldn't. And of course, there are a lot of things I don't see because I'm an mm. outsider. But mm. then again, like uh, as an outsider, you see other things. Mm. So. so like uh, going back, I mean, because it bo- it baffles me that uh, Finland, because I knew that Finland was amongst the happiest countries, but I didn't know it was it ranked first. So you've spent enough time in Singapore. Do you think okay? Comparing to when you go back yeah. to Finland, is there a drastic level of like, oh shit, I'm in a happy country versus I come back to Singapore? I don't know where the fuck we rank on the happiness index. But we're, like, we're emotionless. We are emotionless, we're correct. Yeah. We are the most emotionless country yeah. in the world. You know that we, yeah. there was a ranking also. We were the most emotionless. Oh, so yeah. Everybody's good at something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So is there is there a stark difference? Like when you hear these arbitrary kind of service, does it make sense comparing? Okay, I know the last time you went back to Finland was like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So when you step step down from the plane in Helsinki, are you immediately just happy, or is that all just? I, I mean, survey? like Finland is a is a really bleak place. I know, that's what that's I've heard. It's like uh, it's not like uh, I'm I'm surprised that uh, Finland does not rank over Singapore in emotionlessness yeah. as well. It is not like a like a jolly place. Yeah. <laughs> I think people are just quietly content. Yeah. I think that's what it is—the happiness there. And you would say Singapore is a jolly place. Uh, actually, like, uh, well, yeah, no, it's not like a jolly place. Like uh, mm. Singapore, is Singapore, but the, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, how to like, uh, I think the biggest difference is literally the temperature. I once like, <laughs> like uh, and that's the only thing you can think about because yeah. uh, I once flew from Singapore. I was. The usual 30 Celsius. Mm. And I landed in Helsinki. It was a direct flight. It was minus 30. There was like a oh 60 degree God. difference. So you don't then think like, uh, okay, is this is like a jolly place. So like, uh, you'll just go like, how I do think, I survive? I think I saw a video of you literally throwing a glass of water in the air and it freezing, right? That was you? Was it you? No, I think it's like all, all white people just look the same. <laughs> yeah, you just also <laughs> yeah. you a white person. <laughs> no, dude, I swear you had some video like that. <laughs> maybe, yeah. you shared, yeah. maybe you shared a video of another white person doing that. Yeah. That's what all white people do in winter, right? Just standing in your balconies, throwing water. Yeah, but right. but that's what we can afford a balcony. But but that's it. You you, yeah. you although you say yeah, like you're not Singaporean and, and all of that, right? But so when I talk to you and all, I find sometimes uh, you're more Singaporean than, than a lot of Singaporeans I know. Uh, and one of the things is that you work really hard. Uh, you're wearing a lot of hats currently, you know, running an agency, you're, you know, filmmaker and everything as well. How do you, I mean, how do you square that with like the idea of Singaporeans working hard, but then you come here and then you show that, you know, we finish, we work even fucking harder and we get to the finish line. Yeah, we yeah. we guys we look to the Amors yeah. to tell us to slow down. No? Yeah. Then here you come, do all this fucking shit. You make a movie before yeah. like uh, everyone else does. That's and- <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the point yeah. of this podcast, to yeah, come yeah, here yeah. and just tell you, why the fuck are you so uh, like... Accomplished. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but but, but is, there, is there something in your, you know, in your work ethic or what that drives you to, I think- to, to do this? I think to me is uh, the fear of being shit. I think that's mm. my biggest driver, actually. Mm. Like, and I always like, uh, I have a, I don't know if it's a good habit or a bad habit, but I tend to tell people people what I'm about to do, mm. as opposed to like uh, quietly doing it. So I might like first like just you know announce, hey, I'm gonna make a movie, and then after I've said it, then I kind of gotta carry through. You're accountable to. Yeah, accountable. yeah. Ah. and uh, and and. And I think like when you when you make anything, be it like a like a movie or, or advertising or or anything, you're just all the time you're just at the brink of failure. 
Mm. Like, and you, you guys would know, like uh, when you're doing especially creative product, mm. you're just like all the time thinking that, man, I'm I'm going to fail mm. any second and everybody's going to see. Mm. And then you just push harder mm. and try to keep it, keep the facade together. And, and that's how you kind of like end up like working very hard and, and <laughs> like borderline burning out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> along the way. So that's why Finland has Nokia and Singapore has. Uh, okay, la, we got we got actually now not bad lah. Yeah, Carousel, everything. Uh, shop back. Yeah. But it took oh, a while. Like, it took a while to Razor. get there. Fi- Finland yeah. also has a uh, Angry Bird, right? Yeah, that's Angry Bird. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is Finland famous for? Uh, f- uh Clash of Clans, Clash of Clans, Flobol. You guys are really good at Flobol. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they invent it? I don't think they invented it. Yeah, yeah. They're different, uh, yeah. yeah. But they're good, lah. Oh, yeah, we're also very I good see. at water polo, but we didn't win water. No, polo. but we're not good yeah. at the international <laughs> level. Water polo, we can kick ass in Southeast Asia. Once we go international, I think yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the one thing that we also did want to talk about on this podcast because uh, it is based on stuff that catches our eye in the news. Mm. Given your experience in film, given that you worked with us on a TV show, the big announcement this week or last week was that Warner Media, Warner Studios. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Brothers man. Warner Brothers. They announced that their entire 2021 slate of movies is going to be released in theaters and their streaming platform, which is HBO Max, on the same day. La. So I think they they first talked about doing that with the next Wonder Woman movie on 26 mm. December. And already that caused like, oh shit, is this going to be a future? And then apparently one night they announced it and the whole of the film industry on the creative side, is fucking pissed off. Mm. So one thing we did want to talk about today is that given that your movie also just came out, you know, yeah. uh, what difference do you think it would have it with, instead of debuting at the Singapore International Film Festival, maybe it debuted on MeWatch? Yeah. You know? maybe, maybe yeah. For context or so, so yeah. how many, uh, your, how many, when you, when you walk into a cinema now, right, like how many seats are, or how many percent of the seats are open for people to... I think it's purchase? like uh, half. Half of them. Yeah. Half. So we're talking something about 50% like percent capacity. Some, something like that. Capacity. Don't don't believe that number. That's just my belief. Okay. okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but so, have you have you been yeah. been uh, do you have any inside information about sales or pre-sales or anything like that? Are, are they full house in the sense of like 50% full? I mean, like uh, there has been films in Singapore that have actually been profitable. Mm. Like you, you uh, that's what I COVID, keep... Since COVID. Since COVID, yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean Singaporean? Not Singaporean films? Like uh, films this films. one, I don't know. Like in general, there are films that have like... Uh, the, the word that I've heard is like there have been films that have done well, mm. which is like uh, like uh, like a lot of people have been quite surprised mm. by it because of course nobody expected that to happen. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, in uh, cinemas. Yeah. And the only reason we can is because Singapore, I mean, we are thankfully Touchwood handling the COVID situation uh, under it's under control uh. there are there are cases being imported but uh, within the community it's not so bad because yeah. of Trace Together yeah Trace Together, Trace together and, and, and the QR and code Wong and everyone and them. the QR code our uh, saviour but, yeah. but yeah yeah so, so that, that was kind of like why we wanted to find out for someone who is releasing a film in cinemas now right like what are your thoughts about this would you be open to this say releasing uh, in cinemas on the same day that it's showing on uh, MeWatch MeWatch dot com dot sg. You've heard of MeWatch, right? It is uh, the streaming platform of. Uh, you've heard of MeWatch, right? Yeah, the national the broadcast yes. media yeah. corp, like, yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. yeah. <laughs> so, so how how would you feel about that? Right? It's rebranded, no? It's rebranded. Yeah, yeah, that's correct, what I thought, correct, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how would you how would you feel if 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 your film had to go through that? Ah. Uh, I gotta say, like, I probably would have uh, had a different answer earlier 
But now, uh, since I saw saw this Jim Social Club on the big screen, mm. I realized it's, it was so much better than because uh, at first we had been editing it, yeah, like I went bumping and BTM when they were e- editing it. Like uh, every once in a while, the the rest mm. of us would go in and watch it and and discuss it and give feedback and and and. By the time like uh, we were about to do our test screening, like mm. everyone was just like sick and tired of the film because you've seen it so many times, uh, yeah. you just know exactly what's gonna happen, and and you're just like kind of like okay, uh, let's just see that the you know that the volume is right, and you know take like subtitles have no typos, and yeah, and then but when I saw it on the big screen, I was like, oh, this is actually a good film, you know, like mm. uh, like. I, even I, who was so jaded by it by the time, I was kind of blown away. Mm. So uh, and the audience as well, I suppose, like watching it with an audience for the first time. Yeah, it's a very different thing, right? So, uh, as well, yeah. So when you said you would have given a different answer, would it means you would have said, "Oh, uh, you're indifferent as to how it debuts." Yeah. but now, like absolutely, like uh, like, uh, and it's a funny thing. Maybe it's just when your own work mm-hmm. is there, you go like, "Yeah, absolutely, it has to be." in cinemas but and i do really really like uh feel the difference mm, i mean yeah. even for us like even though our show she's a terrorist was made for a streaming platform we did have that launch event at the start of the year in january 23rd when 2020 felt like it was going to be the best yeah. year ever yeah th- right. thanks for the invite yeah <laughs> dude we fucking invited we you, invited <laughs> you. <laughs> Yo, yeah, don't we, fucking we, give us this shit <laughs> 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 we invited you i'll pull up the damn message and send you the damn screenshots <laughs> 100% sure. Yeah. 100% sure. But during that event, they screened our first two episodes. And I must say that I was at the same state as you. I was like, God damn it. I've seen this so many fucking times. I'm sick of seeing my face. But seeing it on screen with a live audience was special. Yeah. It, it was special. And it just, yeah, you just hear them interact uh, and all that. But what I'm thinking when I see people like Christopher Nolan come out and openly roast Warner Studios and all, part of me is like, is this an inevitable thing that is going to come sooner or later? And you know like how when Uber first came to Singapore, we were like, oh, you know, the taxi drivers have to adapt because this is the future of technology. Is that same thing happening to filmmakers? Is it something yeah. that... Because you can argue that Uber, Grab coming... I mean, okay, there's there's some negative... Uh, there's, there's many negative downsides, but for the customer experience, it's much easier to get a cab than it was five years ago. Yeah. But, but what would you say about the filmmaking industry? Because is this something inevitable? Do you think it's good... Do you think cinemas uh, are dead? Are dead? Yeah, yeah, that's actually like a really, really like... Because uh, obviously, like, I haven't done the maths. Like, uh, how many mm. cinemas do you need in to a break like, even a, or something? Yeah, mm. to break even or something like that. So, uh, uh, but yeah, maybe maybe what can happen is... Because, mm. uh, like, uh, there will be a lot of people who will appreciate the experience. Not everybody mm. will. Like, uh, there's a lot of people who, are, yeah, I'll just watch, like, Tenet, at, you know, like, uh, on my laptop. Mm. Which, I guess, wasn't, like, Nolan's idea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe there will be more focus on, like, this sort of, like, IMAX-style mm. things. More, like, uh, special effects and things that just feel bigger mm. uh, in the right environment. But and the, and then like uh, there will be like more like this sort of like a bigger communal like it, yeah. like cinema will become maybe more of an event yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of a thing now like uh, you have say the projector has like uh, like uh, their food and their craft beers and and that sort of like it's a, it's a bit of a curated mm. thing mm. so maybe cinemas will start going more to that sort of a 
Like there needs direction. to be another layer on top of it. Yeah. It's no longer just you can go to Golden Village and have a similar experience to Shaw and all that. Each thing needs to have something meatier. Yeah, but, maybe maybe something like that. So I, I've heard that theory before where they said that uh, yeah, maybe going to cinemas will just be for these big budget special effects movies. But that would kind of mean that um, like 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 films like Tiong Bahru Social Club would would be less likely to be playing in a cinema because you know they say oh can we get a big enough audience can you know all the young kids like come and watch you know young kids they will go and watch a Marvel movie but they might not watch a you know independent film and things like that uh. so would you would you still prefer that that movies are like this like that they have to be this big budget uh. Tempo events that have this layer on top where everyone can drink and all that afterwards, or, or, or do you prefer that you know we should go back to the days when independent films were re- really like ruling cinemas uh, in the seventies and all? Yeah, I don't know. Like to me, it is really like actually about the the sort of like a, maybe it's more like the communal experience mm. of it. So it doesn't need to be like one of those you know TBC sort of like uh, Peroni Sunset Cinemas like yeah. for everything, but those such kind of nice you know like i don't i'm, I'm bougie like that i, mm. I yeah. totally go you're there bougie. <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about like watching films by the beach and, and things like that yeah uh, in, so the, that's in at tanjong beach club yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Tanjung 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 don't say yeah, though, yeah. they don't say out tbc beach correct club. TBC. It's just tbc tbc okay? yeah correct correct all the singaporeans <laughs> are like where tanjong beach club okay okay <laughs> all in Sentosa. It's oh, yeah. Sentosa. Oh, the one with the beach. Yeah. 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 yeah no but it's interesting i think even zook is trying out these themed movie nights they're yeah. screening old movies and serving alcohol and, uh, you know, dress dressing up their stuff uh-huh. and stuff at the same like, time. I mean, uh. this is something that Terrence and I have spoken out before. Spoken before, like, um, imagine like watching TV series, you know, yeah. uh, in the cinema, right? I I would totally pay uh, like I don't know thirty forty bucks if it's like a half day thing where I watch eight episodes of like The Crown or some shit. Yeah, like, like a binge. Yeah, yeah a binge, yeah. and then you yeah. get like there's a break. You know, you can go have lunch or something, and you come back. That would be so dope. Or even live football, man. You know, yeah. like like now, uh, I think we, uh, Terrence brought it up the, the when, when uh, a few episodes ago when he was saying that the beauty about soccer now when you watch is before fans could start attending matches uh, as they do now, everyone in the world was having a similar experience. Like you don't get the live experience versus the home experience. Everyone was watching from home. Yeah. So to build that community thing, maybe the cinema... It's no longer just for films. It's a place to watch shit together. La. Yeah. Mm. It can be anything. Maybe even a YouTube live stream or something. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think that's right. like uh, where, where it is going. Like, uh, huh. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like I've seen like a uh, cinema streaming, like, uh, like opera and that sort of. Oh, live stream. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, opera is probably boring yeah. enough in person. Um, so I sound, <laughs> yeah, I sound like very, very, very. This layer yeah, of uh, technology. On bougie. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, just talking about the film again, right? Um, so, you've experienced filmmaking in Singapore and in Finland, right? So, I mean, aside from the, the cinema-going experience, how was the production experience like making a movie in Singapore versus what it is in Finland, making a movie in Finland? Like, like, I mean, uh, of yeah. course, don't incriminate yourself here and make yourself the most hated person in, <laughs> in either of those countries. Country. Country. But countries. generally, generally, what differences do you see in how people work or, you know, the, the levels at which they work and stuff like that? I, I think actually, like, uh, uh, well, like, the only thing I've shot here is, like, obviously, like, Tim Baru Social mm. Club. And, and you've and been was, on our set. When, and on your set as well. As well. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, like, uh, it's, it's quite fun. Maybe in Finland... 
Finland, like, uh, so I've only shot like two short films in mm. this sort of like a more professional uh, context. Maybe one big difference is like, although like, uh, like in Singapore as well, like, uh, of course, everyone there is like a professional, they do it for a living. Yeah. Uh, in Finland, you really feel that uh, you get people who turn up and it's, it's really like a job for them. Uh-huh. And uh, like, uh, uh, which of course they deliver, but they also like, uh, they will just look at the clock watch and kind of like, okay, we, okay, I'm gonna go now. Like, uh, but these are perfect. They do it full time as well. Yeah. Oh really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, like, they, uh, they operate on a very strict clock. And, and yeah. So you uh, say you're saying there's more passion in the Singapore. It, yeah, it's more fun actually. More like, fun. cause it's more like punk in a uh, way. Like uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've been working with you, and then on this one. But that is like, like say, Tiambaro Social Club. It was almost like a meditative. Uh, how do? You, can you help me with that word? Medi- meditative. Meditative, Medi- meditative, medita- Cathart- uh, therapeutic kind of thing. Medi- Medi- yeah. Medi- 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 medieval. 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 Yeah, medieval. <laughs> it's like a very medieval uh, experience. <laughs> very medieval. <laughs> Carry axes. And yeah. yeah, exactly. No, but it was like a very, it was fun and it, it was, was almost like uh, calming uh, and it was very mm. like magical and it was really fun. Really? And uh, uh, yeah, it, it was really enjoy- enjoyable because uh, like everyone knows who shoots a lot. Like, uh, yeah that shoots are not fun. Mm. Shoots are like really boring and mm. they are really tiring. Mm. But this one was like, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was great fun. It was like, like magical experience. Maybe because in Finland, everyone was rushing to their party to go to because like, you know, they're so happy, happy every day, right? <laughs> Just like drinking sessions and all that. Yeah, and, and Singapore you got nothing to do. Yeah, after Singapore. Work, that's right? why people are happy on shoots because they're like, oh fuck, I can't go prawning another time. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a shoot to go yeah. for. Whereas in Finland, you can. What's the thing where you yeah. go into the sauna and then you jump into the ice and then you go into the sauna and then you jump into the ice? Yeah, that's uh, that's what it's called. Just the, the very long <laughs> name. ice swimming. Oh, ice swimming. Yeah, ice swimming. So have you tried to replicate that in Singapore? Uh there's uh, there's not that many saunas, so that not that much ice. I mean, oh. maybe not that, not that polar opposites. Because I did try to replicate yeah. it in my friend's house when I was studying in the US. And you go from outside to aircon, and I think he had a sauna in his house, and then we were just yeah. running from the shower, shower to the sauna. La. I mean, that was my first mm. intro. He was half finished. La. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to not to but, digress. But 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 so, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. please elaborate. I mean, I mean, but when you're saying that Singapore, the Singapore cruise and all. You feel more passion when you're working Hold with them. More. You're saying they're more passionate and, and I think it's and like because uh, maybe one thing is like uh, filmmaking is still here. It's not like too jaded. Mm. There's a lot of there's a bit it's of a sense young, of ad- uh, yeah, young, young in the industry. sense that there's like a Singapore sense of adventure. Is, Singapore is not jaded. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and I, I think like uh, uh, when you know, as as a filmmaker here, when I started telling people, like, of course, it's like, mm. uh, like with, with no like uh, proper track record to show that, hey, I'm going to make a film, mm. people actually like, uh, were like, oh, that's great. Like, they were very supportive, which uh, like, uh, I think in Finland, like, uh, like people would have just laughed me out of the room if I say that, because really? they get like so mm. many, maybe because the competition is quite harsh in, in, in Finland. Finland. Competition is quite among among. I mean, like there are a lot of filmmakers. There's a lot of like a limited amount of grants, and you know. So Singapore has more grants than Finland. Uh, that one I don't know, like amount wise, uh-huh. but at least it felt like uh, like uh, that the it wasn't like a fierce bloody competition, mm-hmm. like uh, with a lot of like uh, you know, like House of Cards sort of uh, schemes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, just like oh awesome, you know, like. Uh, Good for you, sort so, of a thing. So has there been mm. a, a, a TV show or film that came out of Finland that went around the world? 
Uh, or did very well internationally, Angry commercially. Birds, the movie. Uh, well, Angry Birds, the Angry movie. Birds, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually movie. a British movie. Yeah. From, I mean, this is a Hollywood <laughs> adaptation, yeah. right? Of, uh, yeah, it's like Finland's like crazy rich Asians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Birds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because I know there was one Scandinavian country that came up with the bridge, right? Was that uh, Norway? Uh, Denmark Sweden. and Sweden. Denmark yeah. and Sweden. Yeah. So that is a fucking mind-blowingly good concept. Yeah. Was it was uh, dark came out from Germany. That's not Scandinavian. That's a, a border. Scar scar scum scum was no. Norway. No. Norway. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Finland, not really. Like I no. mean, like uh, like there, there's one show called Border Town. Mm. There's mm. on Netflix. Mm. I haven't seen it, but mm. uh, apparently it's good. So, mm. uh, so well. the the reason why I was surprised when you say Singapore, it doesn't feel it feels less jaded here. It's because the one thing I do hear from some media practitioners is that they feel a sense of jadedness, and I don't know whether it's because in Singapore, I mean, being in in media or entertainment anywhere in the world is hard, uh, because there's no set path like, almost, right? Yeah. Uh, and in Singapore, I do think that if we just have one commercial success as a TV show or film, uh, it would really fucking change the game, like because. Like uh, I think the moment people realize that something is possible, it it helps a lot uh in terms of having something for people to aspire to. Mm. Um, that's why I was asking whether a show in, yeah. from Finland has traveled around the world. Mm. I think in Finland, like uh, what's what's quite interesting now as you say that, like because uh, there's no like one hit, though maybe there is, but I just can't think of it right now. Uh, but the. Uh, there's like uh, this whole concept of Nordic noir, you know, the sort mm. of cri- crime shows like The Bridge and mm. yep, yep. And, uh, and and those ones. So there's this genre that kind of came out of nowhere. When mm. I lived in Finland, like still like 11 years ago, there was no Nordic noir. It's like a new thing. Mm. It's like suddenly like there's like people start talking about this Nordic noir, which is like a, for many people around the world, it's like a thing, almost like. K K drama is a, is a genre mm. as well, yeah. and it became a thing. And or K pop. Mm. So uh, one idea that I've been thinking that it would be interesting that if Southeast Asia suddenly established a voice, mm. which mm. is almost like something that uh, you could brand so, as something like or like Southeast Asian comedy or uh, what if uh, suddenly, and it it does come like uh, of course somebody has to be. The first one, the second yeah. one, mm. a few of these things come out first, and then others start seeing a pattern. Oh, so you're saying something like Thai horror, for example. Thai, Thai horror, horror, yeah. Just, when it just rolls off people's tongues, yeah, like as a genre. Then when you talk about mm. it, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so being an outsider coming to Singapore, what is the voice that has the Singaporean voice that has been whispering in your ear yeah. for the past eleven years? What are we not fo- what are we not focusing on that we should focus on to yeah. create that voice that you're talking yes, about? Yes, Angmoor, tell us. <laughs> tell us the answer. EDB, listen, EDB. make sure yeah. you're listening. So, this is, this is, important. This, is this is how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I find it so funny, like, uh, this whole, like, uh, basically this uh, question of, like, uh, race in a way as well, that uh, I'm borderline European, but I just happen to look like one. You uh, know, Finland... In the European context, it's like a, it's like a freaking outcast. <laughs> and like, like if I if I go to a place like London, you know, people yeah. will not take me seriously. It's oh, just really? like I mean, uh. I, I used to I lived there before, and I didn't even speak proper English. Not that I do today, but that 
Like, uh, especially back then, it was quite bad. And I think everyone just spoke to me like a, like to a child, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so now I, I, I think it's no, great. Even now, just like, now you uh, said Terrence was speaking to you like a child, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So it happens all around the world, dude. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I can see a pattern here. <laughs> you can see a pattern. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, is, what is the voice that you... That's, yeah, that's like, uh, like uh, I think maybe there could be something quite interesting. I don't know. Like, uh, okay, let's... Uh, let's uh, you know, another advertising hat on, like yeah, new yeah. tropics. Yeah, new tropics. <laughs> 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 yeah, I as in that's the genre, new tropics. I don't know. I just uh, like uh, I can't even say I made it up. I probably just borrowed a, like a phrase <laughs> I heard from somewhere else. But uh, yeah, new tropics. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. Like, uh, like, uh, like uh, could there be anything like tropical comedy? You know, you, you guys are doing it. And I mean, I I do believe that there's so yeah. much in Singapore that we can make a show about that could be universally kind of popular. But yeah, just finding that that little combi or getting the chance to make enough shit that one of them clicks, right? Yeah. Because like on YouTube, our approach was we're going to make a video every week. Some will do shit, some will do well. Yeah. But having that volume allowed us to calibrate or it's like dating. Like, you know, you don't want to put all your chickens or whatever in like, fuck, I feel this going somewhere else. But you need to have, it's a numbers <laughs> game. It's a numbers yeah. game, exactly. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure where that yeah. analogy yeah. is. Yeah, that, that was a, okay. <laughs> no, it's like to, to, make, to make a movie that get, is a hit, you're not going to get yeah. it on your first time. You might not get it on your third time. You need but to that's be very to, true. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a man of volume like uh, when it comes to ideas. Like, yeah, uh, that's man. a lot more articulate. Yeah. Yeah. Man of volume. Yeah, yeah. Man of that's volume. a much nicer way to put it. Than a numbers game. Yeah, Man of volume. Man of volume. Yeah. Man of volume. Man of volume. Uh, it's like that the, the meme with you know we need a poo yeah just like uh, uh, wearing uh, different uh, kinds the of eyeglass man of volume so what, yeah. everything we've heard from you so far has been quite um glowing and positive about singapore right you know tiongmaru is awesome film industry is passionate uh you know singapore is much happier than than you know finland in certain ways is there anything in singapore that is a pet peeve or you just you just like why do singaporeans think like this or do this is there anything in particular in your 11 years here? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty. Like uh, the one thing, okay, this is like a very small one, but this is yeah. the first one I can think of. It's like, uh, and I don't know, is it because of the heat or why, but the people here walk extremely slowly, oh. uh, which is interesting in the sense, because uh, in what I've observed in Singaporeans' minds, Singaporeans walk very fast. Yeah, that yeah. was what I was and, gonna and say. And I'm like, like, no, this is, I've never seen people walk this slowly anywhere in my life. And I think really? it's, maybe it's like, I don't know, is what? it the height thing? Like, cause I'm, I'm a little bit taller than an yeah. average person here. Maybe that's why I walk a no, little bit I faster, but uh, I genuinely feel, or is it like uh, that people are just smart enough not to rush yeah. Say like uh, so that they don't start perspiring like uh, like I do like uh, regardless, but uh, I do think like uh, like uh, it's just quite <laughs> interesting like uh, <laughs> no dude I'm laughing yeah. because there was a thing that says Singaporeans are the fastest walkers in the world dude this, I cannot <laughs> believe this wait but it's, what context you're talking about uh, outdoors or outdoors yeah in the corridor or the MRT like or everywhere like everywhere. Uh, it just feels like there's always this like wall of slow. 
uh. in front of me <laughs> and i i don't know like why why is that and because and, i've heard the same thing about yeah. like singaporeans being the fastest walkers yeah. in the world yeah. i'm like this just does not connect Like why is not my experience? Okay, so if I were to ask uh, you where like that at all, where, where where do you recall seeing the slow walkers the most? CBD. CBD. Oh, I CBD. was going to say that CBD probably has the fastest, and once you go into the heartlands, that's when time slows down. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit like uh, going from Helsinki yeah. to my hometown in Finland. Yeah. Like uh, uh, people literally like in Helsinki walk faster. You take you step out of the train. And like suddenly, like everyone just slows like, down. Yeah, but like uh, I, 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 I've, I've been thinking like why, like uh, why is it so that my experience is this? But this is hundred percent my experience. But you, yeah. would you say you're a fast walker? Like if you had an open road, you would just maybe be I am, maybe I am, yeah. Mm. But also like, uh, also there is maybe because because this of course like uh, like a lot of the times I walk somewhere it's lunchtime mm. and then there are lunchtime gr- crowds. And people like to go for lunch together, which means that they inevitably they move in groups of like four or so. There's like all the time there is like a, like like a couple of people like this sort of like a little yeah. wall yeah. in front of you. And when mm. they are having, maybe they are chatting, yeah. and like uh, like no rush, like uh, nobody really rushes back to work from yeah. lunch in Singapore because lunch is holy. Yeah, mm. like one thing I, I learned as a foreigner here: never book meetings. For lunch, because that's offensive. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> offensive. Don't lunch fuck with meetings. our food, man. Yeah. yeah, no lunch meetings. Don't fuck yeah. with the eating time. Yeah, and also yeah. like uh, like people like to take their time eating mm. and then also on their way back. Maybe uh, that's why. I don't know. I think those are the people who ha- are in jobs that they don't like. Because when I was doing my internship years ago, I remember the lunches for the people who worked there full time used to be like two hours, one hour lunch, one hour coffee. And I was like, "Oh, is that how people have lunch in the corporate world?" And then now looking back, yeah, I think they were in the jobs that maybe, how you say, uh, were easier to switch off. But I think he's yeah. not just talking about the length of time that people spend eating, but uh. just it's just a it's like a ritual, right? You're saying like you round up your friends in the office, hey, or okay, or let's all go and eat lunch together, hey, okay, let's go to this place. They slowly get up and then you start walking there. It's an event, yeah. like excursion, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's that. Like, like, it's like you gotta do it together. It's like nobody's like. Oh, you guys go ahead. I'll have it myself or what? Yeah. We mean you guys eat a lot more uh, alone or in smaller groups. In yeah. Finland. Yeah. Actually, and that brings me to the second pet peeve. Uh, oh, <laughs> we, we open the floodgates. Yeah, we no, open the like, floodgates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, coming from Finland, mm. where like this, and it's interesting. I saw like there was a study, uh, yeah. and I think it was some like uh, like EU study or something like that. How different countries, different nationalities have reacted to uh you know this isolation because of covid yeah mm. like uh, one of the few places like uh, <laughs> where people's well-being has kind of like mental well-being has improved was finland like uh, like <laughs> like people are there the just like, uh, like 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 really like uh, like the answers were like uh, 85% i don't mind like uh, like 75% my life has improved whereas you, you go to other more extrovert places yeah. like yeah. people have been miserable finland yeah, yeah. was like This is awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so in Finland, like our social, what do you call it? Like uh, distancing, dis- uh, social distancing. <laughs> I guess like how we call the it. Innate it's, social distancing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's the broadest in the in the world. I I believe that we we are not very used to having like people sit next to us. Mm. So when I go to a restaurant, for some reason, like it seems like uh, it's even part of the training that the uh, like hey like then when someone comes here. 
take them and seat them next to other people. It seems to be the thing here. Like mm. every time I go to a restaurant, empty restaurant, there's like one person there. Like uh, then for sure the staff will lead me right next to that person. I'm like, don't do that. Like I, uh, this feels like this sickening. Like, uh, <laughs> and, and after 11 years, you still feel that. Yeah, it's awful. And mm. then like, uh, or vice versa, if I'm the only customer in a restaurant, they has tables, empty tables everywhere. For sure, like I know that it's going to happen. Someone's going to walk in and sit right next to me or like in a bus. A person, there's, a, there's, a, there's an empty empty seat, you know, like you yeah. don't need to sit next to someone. Why did you sit next to me? Like, don't do that. So, <laughs> so I remember there was this other survey about how Finnish people are the worst at small talk or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, because it's, uh, it's illegal in Finland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a, you just carry the card with you, right? Anytime someone wants to make small talk. Yeah, you just like show. Like, but, but what is it about? Red card. What is it about life in Finland that kind of facilitates that sort of culture or beliefs like at home when you were young did like uh was dinners like everyone just have dinner your own time or something no i think we have it as a family but we just don't talk uh, really yeah i guess uh, there's a risk of then like you know touching subjects like feelings and <laughs> so i mean i'm seeing something quite funny here because you talk about oh what do you like about Tiong Baru is that communal feel. But then you don't uh, you don't want it to be so communal that you're sitting next to each other. See, it's like yeah. you, you it's can't some distance. Have, uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you you know, that maybe that's also the reason, reason why I'm in exile from Finland. They send me out, you know. I, I <laughs> you're too social. Yeah, you talk too much, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's your two your two biggest pet peeves about uh Singapore. That you can think but, of but like I mean like, let's say when you in Finland back in when you were in Finland like public transport or like gatherings or oh. social gatherings were they very different oh can I instead of your boring question I will uh, <laughs> talk about other things because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the third oh, pet we, peeve yeah, yeah okay we're yeah. not going to pet peeves pet peeves it's like uh, you know when you're a foreigner in Singapore mm-hmm. it seems like the expectation is that you're new Mm, every uh, time yeah. so uh, you can imagine like uh, a <laughs> like guy who looks like like this goes in a taxi and like uh, quite often you get like uh, the sort of taxi uncles who uh, like uh, you know like uh, just uh, like you know just like drive and don't yeah. engage too much yeah. but then you get the, the jolly ones ah uh, the jolly and, like, ones uh, and the conversation goes uh, you can imagine how tiring this is at a 10 year mark when mm. this happens like on a weekly basis, quite a lot, mm. like several times. You're in a taxi, like it's, um, and suddenly, and you, I already put my headphones on. I'm like, okay, like it's just like okay, my own space. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I try to be quiet there, like I pretend I didn't hear. Then I go, where are you from, huh? And I go like, Finland. I Englander. <laughs> Finland. Mm. Nokia and, and then this is a conversation I have like uh, say like two three times a week yeah like explaining that it's not England it's Finland mm-hmm. and then like uh, then I talk about Nokia and how Nokia is not like doing that well anymore it's kind of like rubbed in your face like uh, on a weekly basis several times and then uh, and then sometimes people go like then they list like angry birds like uh, like oh, you yeah, just yeah. did and yeah. then we have a conversation about angry birds <laughs> i don't i don't play angry birds and then another thing is because my name is quite recognizably finnish yeah uh, uh 
like uh, some drivers like uh, they get really excited and which is actually great I, I gotta say i appreciate people knowing things about my country because i grew up in a time when you couldn't expect anyone to even know where it's on the map mm. yeah, yeah. but now like it's changed like thanks to like i guess like monocle magazine and things that kind of rendered it cool which is absolutely untrue mm. and uh, like a good facade to have Mm. And uh, 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 but they start talking about uh, football players, and I don't, I don't follow football. I hate mm. football. <laughs> but then I need to kind of pretend that I know Finnish football players. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then we have this conversations about Yari Litmanen and Mikael oh, Forsell, and I don't know even if these guys still play. But like, uh, but this is like the conversation I have many times a week, <laughs> probably on my way back from here as well. Again. <laughs> So, England, Finland. <laughs> ah, Finland. No so care. why do you just say you're from England? I've, it has actually crossed my mind, but yeah, I'm re- I'm a really bad liar. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I couldn't pull it off. I think like uh, I would get caught like quite fast about really, yeah. not being English. Yeah, God and damn. I think like uh, my accent doesn't really help. But but yeah. isn't it like um, I mean just being uh, a foreigner in Singapore? It also helps that people know a little bit about your country and it you know you go to parties and then there's always this icebreaker ah angry birds oh i, I love angry birds and things like that isn't that awesome to have in your in your pocket i got yeah if the other option is like uh people just giving this like blank glaze yeah at you like when you say where you're from i i guess i choose this one yeah <laughs> i choose this reality yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I remember when we were studying in the US, I think, I don't know how someone in America, I, I would still think they would not know the intricacies of Singapore. But when mm. I told them I'm from Singapore, they I think they're kind of thrown off by my skin color as well. Because mm. they may have thought that it's in the Far East or the Orient or something. Then they asked me, oh, you know, how are the Tamil Tigers doing? Um, you know, where in Africa are you from? How about mm. the Caribbean? So that was when I was like, yeah, like, like what you just said. Between that and between people knowing if they say crazy rich Asians, uh, I think it would be annoying. Yeah, you take it, but yeah. still. Yeah, but still, it's still, okay, you've seen something out of my country and then explaining yeah. to them might be a bitch, but yeah. So it's a, like a lesser of two evils. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, I think that for sure it's so, but like try doing that for 10 years, three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> the not, same you're not happy, you go back to your country, <laughs> yeah. You go back, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's true, like... Uh, that's something I've been actually thinking a lot. Like, really? uh, like, uh, like, uh, no, I'm not going there. Oh, okay, okay, it's okay, like yeah. it's not that happy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but the uh, Singapore, like, uh, of course, being here, like, and I've got like a lot of uh, friends, like Singaporean friends, who have moved to other countries, mm. and then like uh, having like. Uh, I, I like to ask from them that do people there still like know where Singapore? How do they react? To you being from Singapore, because I, I actually I had such a naivistic idea oh. about Singapore when Which I first moved here. I knew nothing. I had never been to Asia in my life. Well, what, what, and, what, uh, but what yeah. inspired you to move then, if you knew nothing about it? Uh, I, I think uh, that was partially it, but it was also very random. I just wanted to go somewhere, oh, and okay. uh, there was an opportunity to move to Singapore. I was like, mm. okay, let's do it. And uh, it was but, quite but, exciting, but I didn't even know what a condo was. I had to yeah. Google it. I, I I saw on Wikipedia what a condominium is. But do like you a, have any any idea what Singapore was like? Did any stereotypes of like caning or chewing gum and all that? Well, what was in your mind when you hear when you heard uh, Singapore? I, of course, I was really scared. <laughs> like, because at, at the time, you know, that is the, the, uh, the press that you've read. This you know, was 2009, the, la, 2009. Yeah, strict. Mm. Like I literally, like uh, 
I, I came, like, uh, we landed, and there's, uh, you know, the airport. I was nervous going through the customs. Like, uh, like mm. not customs, but the, when they check your passport. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I, I probably stood, like, uh, like because I, I went to the <laughs> army in Finland, you know, like, so I took, like, you know, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like that. And I, I made sure that my hair is, like, you know, sleek. And, yeah. like, uh, and then little by little, like, you start realizing that, that actually, like, you don't even see that much, like, police in the streets. And it's, like... Uh, but yeah, I, I was I was like a little bit like tense mm. when I first came here. Yeah. So we said you did the military. I fucking totally forgot about that. Finland has yeah. conscription. Yeah. Right? How many uh, years were you in the military? Uh, nine months only. So you yeah. are a lot uh, more similar. Like Finnish people are a lot more similar to Singaporeans than most other European countries. Yeah. Holy shit! We are military brothers, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that is. But for the nine correct. months, nine months, what did you do? Uh, I was a paramedic. Oh. So uh, so I'm very good at playing PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, even even the combat, the the people who play uh, who do combat in Singapore, so also very good at PlayStation. Also very good at PlayStation. <laughs> very good at war games. Uh, war games. Uh, they call it uh, yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> wow. So so then what is what is uh what is next for Mister Anti Toivonen in Singapore? Yeah. Is that going to oh. be a Tiong Bahru Social Club Part Two? Or even, or even your your agency. We never even talked about your agency life. I don't know if there's something that you'd want to like talk about because even your agency has quite a different spin mm. on it compared to the typical advertising agency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, that is true as well. Like, uh, I think to me, actually, like, uh, it's a, it's an interesting journey. Like, uh, in many ways, like, uh, I think I came to a point in in Singapore, like, uh, say, five years ago, when I. I realized that, that if I keep working for someone else, mm. I'm just gonna have like a, maybe like a like a nice corporate career, uh, and but I felt as well like uh, that I couldn't justify why am I choosing one place to stay to have like so basically why am I in Singapore if I'm just working at a company? Mm. Whereas like, uh, but that was a time when I kind of embarked on this like. Uh, we had like a filmmaking adventure and then uh, also like I decided that, okay, uh, at least like uh, I could set up my own company mm-hmm. and like uh, build that here and, and make the most of like what I know about the place and what I felt I was good at, what I can kind of like bring to the table. Mm. So that kind of gave me a reason to be in Singapore as well, mm. quite largely to be an entrepreneur. Mm. So uh so, so you were the creative director at a pretty well-known creative agency. You left, you did this filmmaking thing for like a year. Because I remember when we first met you, you were on the cusp of that, that time, right? So, so maybe you can just give, give us a little taste of why your current creative agency is different from the more traditional one. Yeah, I think like, uh, so basically how we work, there's a couple of things. It's, uh, one of them is uh, that we only work with like freelancers and and independent consultants or mm. small creative collectives, and so we have like a quite a big network of uh, of good interesting people. And because I, I kind of like uh, that's not the reason what made made us do it, but uh, like I got like really tired with talkers in the agencies. It's just like mm. full of like uh, people who are like quite convincing, but they're not very like uh, contributing mm. and. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of focus and, and see like what happens if you work only with like a hand-picked good people mm. Mm. and uh, and and 
And I realized as well that a lot of the structures that were in place from the tail end of the Mad Men era, you know, this art and copy pair and yep, yep. all that, it was like a, like a system built for a very different kind of a world. Mm. But still like the industry is kind of like clinging on to a lot of the practices, at least back in the day, at the time when I decided to leave, leave, yeah. the, leave that rat race like I was. And so I decided to just build like something like very different and very collaborative and and all that, like a bit of bit more like an unorthodox way of uh, running projects. So mm-hmm. we work a lot with uh, what we call more like field experts, mm-hmm. people who come from like, a, like I don't know, like a comedy writers. We did like a project in Indonesia for Valentine's Day where we worked with a love novelist and uh, mm-hmm. some advertising people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we work a lot with like sustainability experts. Mm-hmm who have actually written books about sustainability and like uh, like uh, well-known in that sort of a sphere. So uh, we always try to get in people who really, really know their shit yeah. and, uh, and build a team around that sort of people instead of like, a, so now like a, with a traditional agency, you hire, you have a team of like 10 art directors and copywriters behind you. You're actually mm-hmm. in a business of making sure that those people are busy. Yeah. yeah. So you start selling them for whatever purpose and they they're often like they are quite good but not everyone is good mm. and uh and not everyone is right for whatever lands on their tables as well so you get a lot of like very kind of like a mediocre problem solving or even the wrong kind of pr- problem solving mm. and then like a lot of uh, missed opportunities mm. in that sort of a sense so it's it's good like uh, those that sort of a model if you if you're just going to launch like a burger like every every 3 months like a new like a meal x sort of a meal mm. then of course like you can go to those sort of agencies say you know what you're gonna get and how much it costs and you don't need like any more magic to it but yeah. Uh, yeah. if you we do a lot of like very fringe sort of projects where a lot of clients come to us like and they start by saying that i can't go to an agency mm. with this problem can mm. you help I see, I see. Yeah. So you're basically, you're, you do more than what a typical agency does. You reach out to different kinds of talent as well and, and you bring them in d- depending on what the client is also looking for. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the agency has all these overheads with like, you know, we have this big group of art and everyone that we need to get them to 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 start doing work even though they might not be suited for it. And yeah. All that. Okay. You're, you're like Nick Fury la, basically from Marvel, right? You know, when the bad guys come, you can yeah. either go to the police and they have all these people who maybe some might be fucking good, some will be like, eh, dead weight. But you're like Nick Fury. You assemble your own team of creative Avengers. Uh. Mm. Dude! There you go. Wow. Yeah, you yeah. should work yeah. in advertising then. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, so yeah. In, a, in a sense, uh, you can say the name of your agency and all, right? Yeah, yeah, Superson. Yeah. Superson. Oh, yeah. Superson. Okay. And then that yeah. one is actually, it does have... Uh, Roots or links to Finland as well, right? That's yeah. So so it it came from it started in Finland and and then there's so it seems like this whole spirit of like working collaboratively with different experts came yeah. from Finland and now you're bringing it to Singapore and 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 bring that whole uh thought process behind it as well. Uh. That's actually that's actually very interesting that you say. Yeah, that's very true. Like my business partner is in Finland. He's been doing yeah. this. He's the original founder. So I'm not the founder of Superson. I just opened it here, but the uh. He uh he came he used to be a marketer he used to be mm. the head of marketing at the, uh, in Finland for Red Bull mm. and uh, and he got tired of agencies and he just tried to envision as a as a marketer like what kind of an agency do I want to deal with and he mm. actually came up with a lot of these same ideas 
And uh, but now, as you say, like uh, uh, when I first moved from Finland to Singapore, so there are certain cultural differences. One of them is like uh, in Finland, like hierarchies are extremely flat. Mm. Uh, whereas, like I could say, like uh, in more Anglo context or more Asian context, like there can be a very like steep hierarchies, mm, so, yeah. and people like. Uh, uh, kind of like expect that they're like a boss exists all that mm. so when i worked in finland uh, when i was younger there were no creative directors in agencies oh. which is quite interesting because uh, here the cult of creative director is mm. quite strong and uh, same thing in england and that sort of us that sort of places but finland didn't have any you just had like very good creatives, creatives yeah. who mm. just took responsibility and i always got used to like working with that kind of people when you're very young they would just throw you in the in the deep end, maybe with like someone more experienced. Yeah. But you were like uh, expected to kind of start deliver. They uh, like uh, from the get go, mm. almost, almost. And uh, and that's something I experienced when I came to Singapore. I thought I'm gonna because I came as an internal transfer. Yeah. Uh, so I used to work for the same agency in Finland. Then I came to Singapore. Mm. Mm. So I expected, you know, Singapore being like uh, this. Um, global metropolis which Helsinki is not like yeah. a, like a hub kind of a city I expected to see even more advanced working methods yeah and I was quite surprised to see that there was like a, the the system was very different to what I had been used to and like uh, in good and bad mm. but I thought like over the years like uh, I realized that actually there was some merit in where I came from as well mm. and I wanted to start introducing those things I grew up with as a, as a creative yes, yes, to yeah. uh, the ways of working. And that's why like, uh, also like Superson is extremely flat, very mm. collaborative, uh, and, and quite organic in a way, how we, how we work. And so, uh, and also like, uh, we, we expect everyone who works with us to be really good as well. And, and, take responsibility but that's why you get when someone is so good that they can actually survive as a mm. freelancer mm. Uh, then you know that they they are quite confident with their craft mm. so that's one of the reasons as well why we like working with freelancers because oh. they know what they're doing and also because freelancers uh you can socially distance yourself from them if you don't if you don't have a project like, as opposed to being yeah, an agency where you have to go uh, to work every day and sit next to people auntie yeah, that's a right, that's right. a that's actually like when COVID hit, yeah. like uh, it didn't re- disrupt like that side of our business uh, at all. Like yeah. we are like uh, like everyone else is struggling with this, like uh, working from home, and yeah. we are like, well, of course, like business is bad, but uh, yeah. at least like we were kind of used to doing this like Remotely, uh, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That well, that's quite interesting. Cool. Uh, it's a bit. It's almost like the when you talk about it, I almost feel it's like the difference that we sometimes feel as uh, YouTubers who are now you know doing long form content. And then um, a lot of times we we walk in and we say, oh, why why can't we just do it this way? And people tell us, oh, you know, there's that's not the way it's done. You know, that's not the culture of how it's done here. Then we're like, yeah, mm, okay, but yeah, you know, when you do YouTube, it's just you just find a way to get yeah, it done. It, you know, you yeah. take responsibility and, and you do the best that you can with what little you have. If you have twenty minutes to get a shot that was supposed to be done in one hour, you still get the fucking shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you know, yeah, it's say, true. Yeah, you just kind of a uh, uh, like a. Uh, it's almost like you're, you're just very used to like changing a tire to a moving car. Mm. Exactly. That's how yeah, you just yeah, go yeah, yeah. and like uh, don't yeah. ask too many questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whereas, I mean, I, I think there, there is also merit in like, you know, being a bit more 
uh, planning ahead a bit more and everything. So I'm not I'm not saying that it's all terrible. It's just that the it's two very different ways of looking at yeah. how to solve the same problem. Yeah. Mm. And that's like uh, you can bring like uh, you know best of both worlds mm, exactly. in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. We, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, so, crazy. so now we have that one final segment of our podcast. Yeah, I, I could kind of like tell in your voice that now we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the, to, to, to be fair, to be fair, we yeah. we we usually we go about an hour, and yeah. I think uh, a lot of people tell us that the podcast is fantastic for helping them sleep. So I would assume that a lot of people already sleep by one hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they tell us they do dishes. I don't think they do dishes for more than an hour. They yeah. do ke- cake baking. Uh, at least also, one yeah. user said uh, she uses it as foreplay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so wow. so a, I'm still waiting. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm still, I'm still waiting to hear from someone who actually uses it uh, to accompany their sexy time. Yeah, that would be dope. That would be funny. Uh, yeah. But yeah, auntie, we could go on talking for hours, man. Don't yeah. worry, bro. After this, Thanks. we're gonna talk as well. Yeah. No, yeah. we we just want to help you. I mean, not to say help you, but. We we feel like you know this uh, release of your movie you know is a very big milestone as well not only for you but also for Singapore film and everything it'd be nice to just uh sort of, this is like a time capsule of how you are how the world is at this point right so yeah. ten years later when you listen to this you're like oh my god I can't believe I said all those things about Singapore and those pet peeves and all that yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually you know what Auntie this is our show okay we want to move on to the third segment <laughs> second segment we will okay uh, all right uh, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay <la>. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the segment yeah. is called our one shock thing for the week. Mm. So we'll start off first. Yeah. Uh, so you get a gist of, of what uh, we like to share with our audience. Uh, so Terence, what is what is yeah. your one shock thing? Actually, my one shock thing is a uh, is a product. Uh, I mean, this is not sponsored or anything, but I was just so shocked by this uh, company because I I, I buy uh, this brand of camera gear called Peak Design. It's mm. a it's a company in San Francisco that it's, I think it started on Kickstarter. They started by uh, raising funds using it for a camera clip that you could just put on the strap of your of your backpack, and then you'll be able to put your camera on the strap of your backpack just by clicking on and clicking it off. So they started that way, and then now they've you know over the years they've grown and expanded to bags and 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 straps camera straps and things like that so i i just like i bought i recently bought something from a camera store in singapore one of their bags and then um yeah i just i just went home and i put it on the floor didn't think about it the next morning i came back and then my dog who had been sleeping next to my bag like and then i had ended up gnawing through the what? the handle yeah. and it's like a 120 dollar bag you know like so it wasn't it's not like it's cheap or anything yeah so i was like i mean my dog probably like misses me or something like that. That's why it just like ended up gnawing through my new <laughs> So I just like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to take a photo and just send it to the company, Peak Design, say, hey, you know, anyway, you can help me out with this. And then uh, I actually got a reply from them like within 48 hours or something and they're like, oh, uh, which model is this? We'll just go check out in the warehouse if we've got any of this and then uh, we'll send it to you. And they said, no, no, no. And then I replied saying, like, no, I actually can pay for it. But yeah, don't worry about it. What? And then I was like, you know, uh, it sounds too good to be true, but if it arrives, you know, then it's amazing. Uh. And then I opened my mailbox yesterday and a freaking new what strap was in. It was then. They didn't even ask for any like postage or any mailing or any receipt or anything, you know. They just like, oh, you know, we, if we have this, we'll just send it to you. 
And now like, you are soul for life. Uh. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, this is like amazing. Uh. Like at this yeah. stage during COVID and everything, that people still give a shit about customer service. It's just and they didn't even ask me like, can you prove that your dog bit it or anything like that? You know, they just like, oh, okay, like we'll we'll look for the parts. Yeah, Well, that's like so so peak design. Yeah, you know they they come out with a new series of products. I, I mean, I'm just giving a shout out because I think they're awesome. I mean, I think they create they've created um a new series of uh iPhone cases. Mm. They are meant to be able to be switched between your bicycle to your f- car to your pocket to everything and, and be able to use it as a use your phone as a proper camera la, mm. without dropping on the floor and all that. So yeah, shout out to Peak Design man. I, I, I usually don't do product stuff, yeah. but I was just like amazed by by this experience. So, okay, incidentally, my one stroke thing is also a product. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a digital product. Okay, because. Uh, if you're listening to this, you would have heard the pre-roll for this episode, which talks about our new product. In some sense, we are offering called Folklory. Mm. Uh, and the we do have a website. It's www.folklory.com. And what I use to build a website is this thing called card.co. C-A-R-R-D.co. And when we were building the website for this, you know, you have your Weebly, your Wixers, your Squarespace, your fucking Webflow and all this shit. And all of them are great. But if you just want something to look pretty on the, on the internet and have a domain name attached to it, everything felt fucking overkill. Like. It's not cheap. So card.co apparently was started by this one guy who said, okay, you have all these fucking website builders that do all the jack shit. What if you just want a single page web page that looks nice and does the job and it's a lot cheaper than the others and we used it and it's, it's so fucking easy to use. So that whole thing kind of, I was like, oh shit, this is cool. And I think more people should know about it. I heard about it from a friend who had Heard about it from a friend. Uh, and I don't think they're putting much into marketing because it's literally one guy. So if anyone out there needs to just have a digital presence for yourself, even www.johntan.com, I would highly recommend card.coal. Mm. So that is my plug. Uh, if you look at the Folklory website and you like it or you think it's simple, it was simple to build. So yeah, just just check it out. Fuck, man, this is the first time our one-shot things like nothing polarizing or anything. Huh? I mean, but, but that, that's... But that's the beauty of it. Is it's not yeah. about it's not about having to argue about it. It's just about leaving our our listeners yeah. with a smile on their face, or at least like oh, I'm going to check. Hopefully, it left the smile. So hopefully, pressure auntie, yeah. don't disappoint Pressures us. Pressures on you. Give us one <laughs> awesome one. Oh man, yeah, like uh, yeah, that's actually a difficult one because uh, my my life is actually quite. Uh, uneventful i don't know why you even said actually because i don't think anyone expected it to be very interesting anyway but uh, uh i don't know actually like uh, uh i would like uh strongly urge and this is not like any cutting edge sort of stuff but the ikea sells uh, mm. gingerbread dough mm. Like, uh, you, you look so unimpressed. But no, the, I'm so saying that, fucking that's dope. Know. Yeah, that's a perfect one-shot thing. Okay, carry on. Yeah, so, um, uh, but they sell out every year. Which, and this year, I was smart enough, and actually can't say I was smart enough. I saw someone posting on Facebook that they, they had bought, like, gingerbread dough from Ikea. Mm. And I knew that, okay, I got to go there now because it's going to sell out. And I went there and I got like, it was one of the last like uh, pieces of like uh, gingerbread dough, which means I can have a gingerbread house mm. this uh, this Christmas. And I don't need to make the dough myself because I tried it a couple of years ago and I failed. Uh, I, I don't know, can you call it a failure, but it wasn't edible. 
Mm. Uh, is that a Finnish tradition? Gingerbread, like yeah, I think it could houses. be like a new Singaporean tradition. So that's why I urge <laughs> everyone to start now buying gingerbread dough and actually like a glug, this sort of like a non-alcohol oh, yeah, glue yeah, wine yeah, from yeah, uh, wine. IKEA to give them like a really a reason to order every Christmas enough yeah. of it, yeah, uh, so that then uh, I don't up. need to rush for it either. Well, it's so glug is, is is it like the hot wine? Yeah, hot, yeah, like, and it's awesome. I think like it's now like uh, Christmas time and. You said it's non-alcoholic. It is uh, alcoholic. Uh, you can have alcoholic, non-alcoholic uh, ones, but uh, yeah, yeah, I tried it before. It's fucking awesome. Man. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You have it with this like almond sort of things, so raisins, and and uh, I think like just like this whole like uh, thing of like uh, doing a bit of a Christmas thing is uh, is something like uh, that. I think like there should be like uh, more variety mm. to buying that sort of things. So and to me, like gingerbread dough is now one of those things. I was very happy to <sighs> actually Damn. get. Yeah, so, so I have so like three. Can people, so I can, still buy it? can people still buy it? I, if if they didn't like uh, sell out entirely, but mm. uh, but after just, this podcast, shit. maybe yeah, yeah. will be like uh, getting hundreds <laughs> of thousands of listens, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, Fuck it could yeah. be gingerbread house could be the next uh, sourdough. Mm. Uh, yeah, yes, what, yes, what are you sourdough. crafty people doing for Christmas? Yeah, now you know people yeah. say, oh, you know, I made a sourdough cake. You can be like, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, uh, that's so <laughs> so early 2020. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I I made a gingerbread HDB flat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Why make a gingerbread house? Make yeah. a gingerbread flat. <laughs> that's right, BTO, BTO, yeah, yeah. gingerbread BTO <laughs> with a little bomb shelter and all that, right? Yeah. The Dude. keys are the keys yeah, made of gingerbread. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that that brings us to the to the end of this wonderful episode. If mm. people wanted to find out more about you, more about Superson, more about Tiong Baru Social Club, here's your chance, man. Yeah, Where can just, they find you? Yeah, just plug anything. Plug, you want to anything. plug right now. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I, I mean, like, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> uncle, auntie, and friends. Ah, that's yeah. a nice name. Like literally, uncle. Yeah, like I think like uh, like after some years, I just gave up. You know, being auntie, you know, in Singapore, like still on a weekly basis. This is actually not a pet peeve, but I still on a weekly basis. I when I go to hawker center, wherever you hear like people going like auntie, auntie. You you and respond. I re- and I respond. <laughs> I react. And so, your uh, name is spelled A N T T I. Yeah. Uncle Auntie and Friends. Is it A U N T I E? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, it's okay, just okay, Uncle Auntie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uncle Auntie and Friends. So, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking 42 years old. And I told someone like at my like at work that, uh, hey, you know, I lost some Instagram followers. Like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, <laughs> this was like last week. And then this person who was like 26 years old was like, man, you're like, 42 and you care about Instagram followers oh. I'm like like yes <laughs> like because uh, I'm I'm fragile <laughs> we all are yeah. so, so Instagram are. really would be the best place to find out about all your projects your Mara Social Club and and, and, and Superson and yeah. any other future projects you're working on yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, I'm a, oh. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an influencer. Yeah. You're an influencer. Like, hey, one K, one K. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing it for the gram. I don't know why. I just remember, yeah. but I know the last year when we were doing our writers room for She's a Terrorist was the first time you tried mummy, right? And we oh. introduced mummy to you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I, I still actually Fucking like mommy. even today. I have mummy at home. Mummy is awesome. Oh, yeah. Man. Fucking mummy is crazy, awesome. Crazy. But that yes, is. cool. Yeah. All right, yeah, uncle, auntie, and friends. Check him out. Thank it's, you. He does a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Probably, I think, uh, probably the most high-profile Finnish in, in Singapore, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Out of the, all even, three of them. I don't even think the ambassador, <laughs> yeah, like, like, who knows like, who the ambassador yeah, is how, or anything, right? How many Finnish probably people fin- are there in Singapore? Yeah, Do you guys yeah. have like a Finnish hangout where you all just don't talk? 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we do we do that occasionally. But I mean, like in Finland in general, there's like twelve people. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so four of them are in Singapore, yeah. is it? Yeah. As you- <laughs> No, yeah, there's a there's a fair bit. Maybe eight hundred Finns living. Eight hundred Finns. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. cool. It's actually like a, the biggest or the second biggest Finnish community overseas is Singapore. Mm-hmm. Really? So, yeah, I, maybe I made it up now. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't tell like <laughs> but, uh, the reality from false anymore. But I guess the uh, the one thing for our listeners is that if you ever see Auntie in public, do not sit next to him. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. If you are yeah. at like a cafe in Tiongbaru and you not. see yeah. you see a tall white guy, you know, like sitting there and like looking yeah. uncomfortably at you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have move. a very I have a very friendly face. I'm very approachable. So yeah, but do not approach. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah like, I mean, yeah. please do. Yeah. I think like <laughs> I I would be very flattered. And uh yeah, but I've been thinking in my emails, you know, like uh, adding this little like uh like a uh, do hesitate to respond. Do hesitate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do hesitate to contact me. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's true. Don't feel free to call me. Yeah. Right? Don't feel free to call me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the, the end of this episode. Thank you again, Auntie, for joining us. Thank you. Man. Hi. And we will talk to y'all in the next episode. Adios. I, I won't be here then. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.